America This Week, September 11th to September 17th. Vineyard madness, railroad strike averted, a tepid and unconvincing 9-11 memorial, Newsom Eden and Lifeboat, political quiz, three finance headlines, and more. America was crazy busy this week. The top stories. Railroad strike averted. In a dramatic resolution to one of the biggest labor stories in recent American history, at least dating to the early 80s, a strike of America's 115,000 unionized railroad employees was averted at the 12th hour, although union workers, as of this writing, have yet to formally approve the arrangement. The administration of President Joe Biden, in conjunction with officials from the Brotherhood of Locomotive Engineers, the Trainmen Division of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, the International Association of Sheet Metal, Air, Rail, and Transportation Workers, and the Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen, among others, along with major freight companies like Union Pacific and BNSF Railway, forestalled what one Democratic congressman called a potential nightmare that could have cost the country $2 billion a day. The most celebratory tones came from the White House of a, probably germanely, beaming Biden, who said the deal meant we can avert any significant damage, calling it a win for the dignity of all rail workers. There were rumblings among some rank-and-file workers that the final agreement represented a surrender of sorts by the unions, as significant issues remain, particularly with the punishing hours for the workers deemed essential during the COVID-19 emergency, as companies can still penalize employees for taking time off outside of holidays and planned vacations, even in the case of emergencies. Rail workers often operate in sleep-deprived skeleton crews on mile-long trains booming through populated areas at high speeds, thanks in large part to cost-cutting layoffs by firms like BNSF and Union Pacific, which both posted net incomes above $6 billion last year. Profits at both firms were up 16% from the year before, too, so naturally there was great hesitation to grant pay raises or more vacation time. But crisis averted. 9-11 miserably commemorated. Traditionally, the anniversary of 9-11 is a time for politicians in America to gather together in rousing, libidinous demonstrations of fake unity. This year, American politicians mostly made somber statements remotely in a tepid, unconvincing, generally depressing expressions of undisguised pessimism. The usual suspects mouthed the usual words from the usual script, with Joe Biden departing from his recent vengeance-promising approach to national oratory to speak about the anniversary of the collapse of the Trade Center as a day of renewal and resolve for each and every American, perhaps really meaning all of them. Biden also referenced the killing of al-Qaeda leader Ayman al-Zawahiri, barbecued impressively in a balcony drone strike earlier this year, saying the United States will not rest, will never forget, will never give up, which does seem to be one true legacy of that awful day. We'll probably still be firing hellfire missiles at people connected to the event 30 years from now. The First Lady Jill Biden said that images of 9-11 are seared into our collective memory, adding, we remember the details like a slide under a microscope, a strange comment about an event involving something huge we witnessed exploding from a great distance, as opposed to something tiny one strains through an instrument to see moving slightly, if at all. But we knew what she meant. Former Secretary of State and Basket of Deplorables orator Hillary Clinton said of 9-11, We put aside differences. I wish we could find ways of doing that again. Which is very true. Would that we could all find more ways of expressing mutual love and admiration for one another. Like, for instance, the next story. DeSantis, Martha's Vineyard, Play Migrant Dodgeball. Except for the fact that there are roughly 50 innocent immigrants at the heart of the story, 
It's hard to find what's not funny about this week's reigning culture war imbroglio, a flight of migrants from San Antonio, Texas, to the lily-white haven of Martha's Vineyard, paid for by unashamedly obliquitous Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. The story is about as perfect a metaphor for the American cultural divide as could be conceived. On one side are Republicans, who openly admit to no longer wanting your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, at least those without documents, who committed something like the political version of a Mass Man Act violation by promising jobs and services to migrants willing to fly to Paradise North. On the other side, we have politicians and hate-has-no-home-here millionaires who pretend to limitless affection for the undocumented visitor but just reacted as if the world's biggest and most gastrointestinally disturbed St. Bernard voided in their pool when those same migrants deplaned in their community. The culture war increasingly sets up as a clash between sarcasm and earnestness. DeSantis, for instance, sent to NPR a statement dripping with fake concern, saying, states like Massachusetts, New York, and California will better facilitate the care of these individuals. Meanwhile, the Vineyard's toothy representative Dylan Fernandez decried the governor of Florida hatching a secret plot to send immigrants like cattle on an airplane, ship women and children to a place they weren't told where they were going, which he called incredibly inhumane and depraved, which it probably is, although it's hard not to see the humor in the most exclusive, most Martin Mole white, most relentlessly faux-progressive resort community in the country scrambling to explain the involuntary displeasure in their faces as they welcome their new guests from across our southern border. Sadly, no memberships at the Vineyard Golf Club, which once could be obtained for a mere $350,000 initiation fee, were available at the time, but the new arrivals should have been able to find shelter in a humble community like West Tisbury for as little as $26.5 million. Sotheby's representatives doubtless would have been eager to help, but alas, the island instead proclaimed a humanitarian crisis, said it had no room for 50 people, and shipped them off with hugs to a military base on the Cape within 24 hours. Of course, by then, self-congratulations were in order. Shout out to Massachusetts and the people of Martha's Vineyard, tweeted Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, for showing the world what the best America looks like. American flag emojis, y'all. New financial product allows ordinary citizens to mimic insider trades of Congress. The site Unusual Whales created two exchange-traded funds that will comb through the public disclosures of currently serving members of Congress to create portfolios in which ordinary people can invest. As Bloomberg reported, the Unusual Whales Subversive Democratic Trading ETF, ticker NANC, and the Unusual Whales Subversive Republican Trading ETF, KRUZ, would analyze the financial disclosure of lawmakers from both parties and their spouses and dependent children to construct a portfolio of between 500 and 600 holdings, according to regulatory filings. The site draws attention to the fact that members of Congress and other government officials keep getting caught up in scandals involving apparent trading on insider knowledge, including a report this week from the ongoing Conflicted Congress project that 72 legislators have failed to properly report trades under the Stock Act, which was meant to stamp out such activity. Members pay fines as low as $200 for violations, if they're even punished at all. And the public is increasingly aware of the issue. The Nancy Pelosi stock tracker now has 161,000 followers. Pelosi, who reportedly has faced impatience from within her own party over failure to pass legislation with enough teeth to close insider dealing loopholes, is saying a vote on the issue could happen as soon as next month. Asked how amusing on a scale of 1 to 10 the public reaction has been to their gambit, 
The Unusual Whales account this week said, Right now it's a 10 out of 10, expressing hope that it helps push the cause forward. We wish them luck. By NANC and KRUZ. Thanks for listening to the audio version of America This Week. For more, visit taibi.substack.com.